A new audit reveals that the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation's rehab programs have been a total failure. There's an FBI probe in the Los Angeles Mayor Garcetti's council and staff. And new LGBT history makers come into textbooks in the Elk Grove classrooms. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. You're listening to the California Streaming Podcast with Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're just three conservative friends trying to provide some counterbalance in one of the most liberal states in the union. So let's hop on our magic choo-choo train to nowhere and talk some California politics. It's time to get green, guys. I like that idea. With the green new deal. It's so green. It's so wonderful. Oh, my goodness. It's got a sweet FDRE ring to it. I mean, it's so popular. I mean, everybody was on board. Is that, mean, that's a good AOC impression. I like that. You like that? That wasn't bad. You I sound mean, like, too educated. <laughs> yeah. You need to tone down the smartness when you speak. You know, I said it before. This AOC, she has pretty girl privilege. Okay. She says that, though. She goes, I'm, I'm cis- whatever and so i have my privilege so you should also check your privilege at the door that's basically what she insinuates she acknowledges her privilege okay checked (laughs) i still think you're an idiot (laughs) and man everybody i'm sure everybody in her constituency group went wow look at this attractive young lady as opposed to the old white dude that they got rid of right yeah which was the shoe-in which is funny the lifelong dem who had that seat but I've been I've been reading about this Green New Deal because this thing is absurd. They force us to actually read the things that they propose for their bumper sticker slogans, right? And I know John, you want to just kind of get in on this and everything, but I was I was reading this. <laughs> <What>? I think <laughs> I was, John already put the bumper sticker on his car. He? I knew it. I think, uh, I'm, I'm, they I've want, got a, I've got an appointment at the car paint shop. They want to change. Car's painted green. They want to change all the buildings in the nation to accommodate their plan. And I was like, can I read read this overall objective? Go ahead. The Green New Deal resolution, a 10-year plan to mobilize every aspect of American society at a scale not seen since World War II to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions and create economic prosperity for all. Holy cow. There's a lot to unpack in that. In just 10 years. Oh, my Come God. Come on, comrades. We must get behind the new deal. This thing is ridiculous. Uh, I, I was Let's in see the, here. We got a bunch of bullet like, points. Like Move a, America to 100% clean and renewable energy in 10 years. And here's where they lost me. There will not, it will not include creating new nuclear plants. They're totally an idiot. It's phenomenally stupid then. The, the cleanest energy we have. Totally, and we're closing no, them. No, I, I get, I get where they're where they're going, and then that's you, it's you, a blanket statement all by itself. And then you, they wanted you it. get where they're going. I get where they're going with the nuclear part. No, and, and then they go, okay, we don't like why. No, toxic, what do you get about it? Toxic waste. I get it. That's on. That's not true. It's not. I know, but I can see their perspective on it. I mean, but I think a, I think Louis and I need to vote. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I continue to. Pay. I can see where they're coming from. It, but we're not taking applications for a third host. <laughs> Just kidding. What really got to me was how they intend to pay for it. And so they go, this, how? the how same way we funds? paid for the New Deal originally, 
We're still paying for it. <laughs> the 2008 bank bailout and extended quantitative easing programs, the same way we paid for World War II and all our current wars, the Federal Reserve can extend credit to power these projects and investments and new public banks can be created to extend credit. <laughs> There's also space for the government to take an equity stake in projects to get a return on investment. Okay. One of the bullets says, build on FDR's second Bill of Rights by guaranteeing clean air and water and access to nature. Hold on. Can I go open your door? I'm going to walk outside so we can check that box off. I think in California, we have an abundantly uh, access what, to nature. What in the world does an that mean? Of it. I'm going to be guaranteed access to nature. Hold on. I'm going to take a breath. Hey. Access done. Taxed. <laughs> yeah. Do you need one of those, <laughs> this is those so park passes? Here's another one. This is a gem. Guaranteeing economic environment free of monopolies. And the government well, the government's being, not one. What? <laughs> what about healthy food? What is that? We, we've, we've already determined that the government has no clue what healthy food <laughs> oh, is. Yeah, right. And how much politics... You remember the food pyramid? ...was wrapped into the food pyramid. And it led to just a bunch of fat kids. Healthy food. <laughs> like, we, just, we just shoved a bunch of, pardon the pun, pork into this bill. This is, this is stupid. High-quality education, including higher education and trade schools. Guaranteeing... Family and medical leave and vacations. Are you going to guarantee me a 26-week vacation? How about a job with a family-sustaining wage? <laughs> family and medical leave, vacations, and retirement security. Huh? How does all this get paid for? <laughs> and who is determining what a family-sustainable <laughs> right. wage is? Right. Set aside the payment for a second. The definition of some of these phrases themselves is going to be a total joke and farce to come up with. Well, and I've always, how do you come up with these livable wage numbers, right? right? Because what is a livable wage? Are you talking about enough to buy like, you know, Safeway brand groceries or enough to buy name brand groceries or how big of a TV are you allotted? Like, what are we considered? Does cable, is internet included? Like, what goes into livable wage? Okay, they say that 64% of Republicans support the Green New Deal. And then they Rhinos. go on to say then they go on to say that there's 45 house reps. Well, how how how's that there's like they list the the Dems contenders that support it. They list the house reps, none of which add up to 65%. I mean, whatever. And this is a resolution not a bill, right? Yeah, right. Just, they can't they can't pass squad. It, yeah. Essentially, this is um the communist manifesto come to life again here, but they've wrong. You know, they've guised it as as being green, and you know the Soviets they it's had their like constitution. The, and it's almost the same exact thing. So it's the Red New Deal. It's the Red New Deal. They've only just said, but we're doing it for the planet. The question isn't how we will pay for it, but what we will do with our new shared prosperity. Mm. Boy, mm. that, that doesn't sound hammer and sickle. <laughs> dude, that is a communist line oh, right dude. there. Shared prosperity? What the blank dude, is They've that? only just wrapped it in the green part. That's all, that's all they've done. It's green wrapped in red. <laughs> right. yeah. Is there a candy? Hold on. I got to think about that. Is there a food or a candy? 
It is green on the outside, and red if, on the inside. If you yeah. folks out there it's haven't those read crappy it, you ones, everybody's it. grandma's got the little <laughs> oh, strawberry <laughs> ones. Oh, totally. <laughs> the little, those, they're always in the candy dish for eons oh, to come. Oh, big time! Yeah. It's never advertised, but it's always there. You know exactly. It's what a shared candy about. bowl that no one touches. <laughs> for sure, so great. So oh, I, I, I love that face Bernie made during the State of the Union. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants socialism. Uh, with that buddy. We're going to have to dive into this one deeper one day. Yeah. They, they, as it picks up steam. Every single one of these bullet points is hilarious. So we could spend a while on this. Let's start with our first topic. All right. This one comes from the Association of Deputy District Attorneys. CDCR rehabilitation programs documented to be total failure. Mm-hmm. Get out of town. <laughs> they did not hold back on this one. <laughs> um, a scathing, new audit, a scathing new audit concludes the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation fails miserably in all these areas. Uh, it found, uh, let's see here, the state poured tens of millions of dollars into this effort and the budget for these initiatives um, at California's 36 prisons ballooned 27% over past five years. So basically, we implemented all these rehabilitation programs. We even added the R to the end of California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. And Rehabilitation. Ooh. We increased their budget over the past five years from $234 million to $298 million. And we've been told for so long, money's all that's needed. We just need more money. Just like teachers. Good outcomes. Okay. Lay it on us. The idea was to provide inmates with rehabilitation programs targeted towards an individual's specific needs, drug abuse, anger management, job skills, literacy, etc., but the audit released determined the effort is a disaster. Inmates who completed cognitive behavioral therapy programs had about the same rate of recidivism as inmates who didn't complete the programs. The recidivism rates for those who are rehabilitated is nearly the same as for those who were not. So uh, if you went to uh, CBT therapies or any of these yeah. other programs, yeah. your odds of coming back to prison were 50%. And if you didn't get any rehab, your odds of coming back to prison were 62% of the 24,000 inmates who were released in 2017 did not have their rehabilitation needs met. Um, the findings were especially troubling given that the state is saddled with the mess known as Prop 57, uh, which is the early release for nonviolent offenders. Yay, and they're not rehabilitated. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Inmates who go through rehab programs, which are now documented to be failures, can earn credits toward reducing their sentences. And all that matters is showing a completed program. That's in quotes. It doesn't matter how <laughs> meaningless or ineffective the program proved to be. Uh, so you get early release by completing credits for programs, but the programs could be a bunch of junk. They don't help. Yeah. And you get your early release credits. Again, mind blown that all these uh, yeah. laxing crime laws have led to um, more crime. We talked about that like two episodes ago. And now we're finding out that none of these rehab programs work. Yeah. It, remember when I said some of these gang members are there as a finishing school? Yeah. They're They're yeah. there for a purpose. They're not sad that they're in jail. They kind of... It's like part of the process. It's part of the process of their learning curve to be there. They get more credibility from the gangs. A GED, if, if you will. 
It's, it's a special, <laughs> the it's best, a special vocational. <laughs> the best part of the article is it talks about how the prison or CDCR seems unfazed by these results because they're asking for thirteen point five million more. More money will fix the problem. No <laughs> like, worries. You know what the parallel is? When I was in grad school, um, working, getting my master's in public admin, one of the programs that's always talked about as like, so my my specialty was in public policy. The program is always highlighted as being a colossal failure that we all went through. Dare. Oh, I remember Dare. Dare is constantly looked at as like one of the biggest failures of basically our childhood. Is it, is it really when when the numbers are in and all that? Right. It didn't do wow. anything to decrease drug use mm-hmm. or alcohol use. Um, in fact, numbers kind of slowly went up. But we kept pumping money into Dare. We all had the officer come into our classroom, you know, every oh couple of weeks oh, yeah. or whatever. And uh, he had to like do a little skit. There was like a role play <laughs> skit, got, got and, and like your buddies had to be in a car. Exactly. Fake, yeah. And then you also probably got a cool T-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Right. And it never did anything. But we continued to pump money into this program for years. And part of it is that, especially with these programs, and this is what's great for government, there's no way to actually measure anything. It's all qualitative. And like we talk about so many times, people, government, and but also us as citizens, look at a program and decide to give it money or measure it based on what it hopes to achieve, right? right. Like we talk about with Friedman's quote. It, it wants to achieve a good thing. No, one, no one's arguing with that. The question is, does it? And, and are we going to tie funds to it for that? Right. And, and I think in terms of, I think rehabilitation is good. I, uh, the... the the single biggest factor of whether you're going to spend your life in jail or not or go into jail is education. Hands down, the biggest factor in one's life, whether they go to jail, is if they've been educated. And um, I'm sorry, one more yeah. time to stop you, but can you help remind me who is the primary deliverer of that service? Oh, the government. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Just yeah, keep, exactly. going. keep going. <laughs> so if you don't have education, if you don't finish college, if you don't finish high school, so it, it gets worse and worse your odds. You know, the the lower down the totem pole, you didn't complete, right? So yeah. you end up in jail. That's the odds. Now, I think by the time you get to jail, it's really hard to unwind where it you're at. Can happen, but odds are probably against you. right, and you're probably not getting top notch rehabilitation either. <laughs> Right there's there's that part. The government's providing it to you, and on top of that, you've you've got the aspect of you can't really unwind somebody who's not willing to be unwound. Well, mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you force people to go to driver uh, driver's ed after oh, they get a ticket, right? Right. Or you force someone to go to AA after a DUI. Right. If they're not at a point to accept the therapy, they're not going to take it. It's the biggest joke box check you've ever seen. Oh yeah, you walk in there. <laughs> L- let me ask you these. This you guys. What does it mean for our prisoners to be rehabilitated? What's the yardstick? Just complete these programs. No, that 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 in of itself is a great question. It's just like school, right? What do we do with high school? Oh, in order to come up with a metric of how successful we are, we're going to implement an exit exam. Oh, we got rid of that, right? Right, Right? but that was like the theory. Well, we'll just test you on four years. It's almost like you know comps. But these kids weren't passing the exit exam, <laughs> and so we kind of had a problem. So, and, and rather than retool the system, we just said, "Let's get rid of the test." <laughs> when you when you lay all this stuff out, and you realize 
it's all like in this um this echo chamber of government programs and initiatives and services and they educate us but then they do a terrible job of that so people go to jail which they run and then they're they're responsible for i mean it's like how does this thing ever supposed to work right and, and it, i always pictured as like the russian dolls you know <laughs> right. you just keep opening them up and you get a new doll and they get smaller and smaller and smaller and it's this giant you went to the public school system you got a poor education you got in the wrong crowd you screwed up you went to jail now you're back in the government stronghold. Now they're gonna educate <laughs> you again, you. and you're gonna you got a fifty fifty shot of coming back. Well, it's almost amazing that people make it out, like not turning out that way. You know, I'd love to see a stat of people who you know. I think there's there is a giant population of inmates that are in there for dumb crimes, one off dumb stuff. Totally, I'd like to see the amount of actual criminals that get out. Oh, right, because right. I think if you put all those in one lump, you're going to get a skew on the data. Because some people fair. are like, That's "I fair. screwed up," I, you know, the, it's they fair. got a DUI That's and fair. killed somebody or something like that. And okay, maybe they're rehabbed because it was such a shock to their system. But the lifelong criminal, he's coming back. Oh yeah, yeah. he's not a fifty fifty. Oh, fifty fifty fifty. No, <laughs> no way. No, I I think the the gall though of CDCR to ask for. Almost fourteen more million, <laughs> right? Yeah, like this is more like, than willing to give it up. And like it, like it's a, like it's a binary, like trigger point. Like at thirteen point nine, the numbers go from fifty fifty to ninety ten. You know, like that, right. that's almost what they're asking for for like another fourteen million. The article wrapped up with uh, the real issue is not quote oversight and monitoring but whether the programs deliver real and measurable results. Otherwise, otherwise, these programs are nothing more than expensive fluff for paid for by taxpayers, with the sole beneficiaries being the inmates who get an early release for attending useless programs, which begs the question, if they aren't actually being rehabilitated, why are they being released early? So <laughs> you get early release for taking programs that supposedly rehabbed you, but there's no way to know if the program worked. It's just a box check. So, like, penitentiary, the word, comes from penance. And this system that we have comes from the Quakers, actually, in which you did something wrong, so they would put you in a cell, and they would just leave you in there with a Bible. And the idea is that you would just take your sweet-ass time, and you'd be so bored that eventually you'd read the Bible. Now we're talking. And you'd learn something, and then you'd get out by accepting what you did wrong and giving an example from the Bible and say, okay, I figured it out. I'm sorry. Or if you're Andy Dufresne, you hide your little rock hammer in the Bible. (laughs) And you get a poster of Rita Hayworth. (laughs) This is is good. That's cheap. Uh, Do you get get to eat? You certainly don't get gym and TV time because you got your Bible in there. Right. This this could work. It's funny. I've gone to... Um, prison on not not as an inmate, <laughs> but as part of my job. Oh no, I, I see the air quotes. I've been on I, the, I get the it. Other <laughs> side, uh, you walk in and they're watching television with a uh, uh, wireless headphones, huh. kind of like when you're at the gym and you can dial up what TV you want to listen to. Sure, sure. And they're watching ESPN. Of course. And, and you're like, seriously, you get to just sit outside your cell watching television all day? Like well, that sounds great. Huh. 
mean, that doesn't sound like yeah. uh, active rehabilitation. Well, you know, on. not seeing like your reward. family, not be able to go to bed when you feel no, like no, no, it. No, no, you no. know, that there's a stuff. room, dude. There's a Bible. Yeah, a, a flat surface, maybe no cushion. I think we need like a more the more you know sound effect because that, that was dropped a knowledge bomb. That was brilliant. I wasn't expecting. I'm going to be it. using that one. The penance. <laughs> sometimes the penitentiary, you surprise us. The Quaker. Only sometimes our little dreamer. Yes. We'll we'll rescind our applications that we were sending out there for. A, <laughs> uh, what a joke of a program! Again, someone has to have put that together, of just like the craziness of the system or being trapped in the system that is the government run aspects of your life, and I mean the actual success rates coming out the other side. Well, and <laughs> disastrous. The the real criminals know how the program works, and they know how to dial up their time and get out early. Ah, uh, interesting. Right? That's like you even see the ones on the street who are who are kind of higher up the food chain. They know who the senior police officers are. They know who to talk to to, you know. Yeah. They're not going to talk to the new guy who's just going to, like, flip them over the car and throw bracelets on them. They talk to the older guy that they can, you know, he knows what's up. They'll exchange some information and... They know the system. They know how to how to get they by. They know how to milk it, right? right? Yeah. Jeez. You know. All right. Well, let's talk about some government officials. I'm glad you brought this up. Too much fun. This one comes out of uh, the LA Times. FBI corruption probe of City Hall kicks Mayor Garcetti right in the presidential ambitions. Ooh. <laughs> Funny headline. <laughs> I got to admit, it made me chuckle. It is. So, as he contemplates a presidential bid, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti has come up with a way to put a positive spin on some well-known negatives about the city, including their homeless crisis, the paralyzing traffic congestion, entrenched poverty, and what may soon be the country's biggest teacher strike. So we just got through that. But one thing Garcetti hasn't had to reckon with is a corruption scandal during his administration until now. So the LA Times reported that the FBI was looking into L.A. City Councilman Jose Huzar as part of a broader corruption probe that has included multiple city hall insiders. Uh, so basically, um, they started looking at Huzar because his district had a bunch of buildings built by uh, <laughs> they, foreign they investors. Were, they were fast-tracked. Well, they were fast-tracked. Foreign investors. Right. So three companies described as foreign investors, quote-unquote, uh, have all developed high-rise projects downtown in Huzar's district. So then they started opening it up, and they realized there's actually quite a few people, uh, after they raided Jose's home there, uh, that are involved in a bunch of scandals. So people that were named in the search warrant, Councilman Curran Price, who represents parts of downtown South LA. All on the city council. Yeah. Darren Williams, okay. chief of staff to city, uh, chief of staff to council president Herb Wesson, Raymond Chan, who was Garcetti's deputy mayor for economic development until you, he retired. And, he only just retired. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. In 17. And Joel Jacinto, whom Garcetti appointed to a full-time paid position on the board of public works. And he, uh, he resigned immediately after he was raided. Of course he did. Yeah. Um, Nothing to see here. Keep moving Nothing to on. see here. Right. So basically, a bunch of people in his staff and around him. It's got, the viper's nest, people. That's, 
We need to start paying attention. It's case in point. I know. I mean, I love the guy, so I keep quoting him. But it's like Friedman told Donahue 30 years ago on his television show. You, if you actually don't, people always rail on corporations for running on greed. At least they're honest. Yes, they do, because they're a profit-seeking entity. If you don't think government runs on greed, you are just totally naive. The, the, this is a perfect example. We've given yeah. these government officials power to say who can and cannot operate within their jurisdiction exactly. and expect them to be angels with this power. Exactly. With no oversight whatsoever. Well, and that's always what the argument comes back to for communism, socialism. Right. Is officials get greedy and they're the ones that end up rich and all of us end up poor. And Jordan Peterson talks about this where you've got, you may be perfect when you run your socialist this is a great, yeah, government, yeah, John. Yeah. But once they kill you. Because they will. They will. The people after you are not going to be as generous. Right. And so it's not about your idea. It's about the guy after you. Because eventually they will kill you. Or if you happen you. to live until you naturally die. Right. But you're gone at some point. The people that come after you are not going to be as well, you know, well-meaning as you are. And nobody ever thinks about that part. They think, well, I would never do that to people if I were in charge. It's not about you. It's about the guy after you. It's like, do you think Khrushchev was a wood chopper? When he wasn't giving speeches, do you think he walked out the back door and chopped wood alongside <laughs> the other people in Siberia? Like, are, are you kidding? Right, exactly. And you look at any of these societies and you say, which one is flourishing? None of them. Absolutely Ooh, none of them. Right. Venezuela being oh, yeah. the token right now. So, so Maduro, he, he, was, he was right there doing grunt work with everyone else, right? Because, I mean, everyone is common. Everyone is equal. That's right. You this is it. totally absurd. And then he puts tractor trailers on the bridges so that the uh, food aid can't come in. <laughs> right. Super guy. Well, Venezuela, uh, I've said this a million times, it was pretty funny. They had a problem with starvation. It was oh, like their leading yeah. cause is of it, death. Is that what you call it? A problem? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. A minor hiccup. <laughs> and, and now they don't have a problem with it because they made it illegal for doctors to put starvation as a cause of death. Oh, well, that solved that statistic. They'll solve that stat. Mm-hmm. Starvation, no longer a problem. So all these guys got racked up by the FBI. Uh, basically, it's all centers around development in downtown LA, uh, particularly high-rise projects that were bankrolled by Chinese investment firms, which is not a new concept. No. no, offshore money comes in. That's right. They say we got we want to build something. That's right. And they pad the walls a little bit, and they get fast tracked through the process. Exactly. Which, if you listen to our last episode about housing, mm. certain people get to build and certain people don't, mm. even I with wonder, all the regulations. I wonder why that is. <laughs> they, gr- <laughs> you actually can really start to see why, on its face, again, um, free market economists will make the point that there are very, very few examples in history of monopolies that were not created due to government influence. And you start to see it where you see the Googles, the Facebooks, the Apples, they all at some point rely on a politician or groups of politicians to give them that angle, area of protection, allow them to do something that gives them the foothold up into the stat. If it was truly, truly market forces, it's really hard for monopoly to form. 
And it's really hard for some of these sorts of things to occur. But because of the behind the scenes padding and the briefcases of cash, etc., you start to tweak that stuff. Let me take this in a little different direction, because in the article, they acknowledged that the raid happened in November. But it only got, you know, opened up in court and so that we can read it now. It wasn't a good election story. No, it wasn't. Isn't that odd? And then, of course, this is an L.A. Times article and plenty of other papers have written about it. But if you were to turn on the TV, nobody knows about it. I could ask the man on the street. They have absolutely no idea that such a thing is happening right now. Well, and I feel Garcetti's kind of got that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez oh, kind of feel to him because he's, sure. he's charismatic. For sure. He's the likable guy. He makes these like music videos with like PSA oh, music videos right. that are awful. That's right. He looks like Phil Dumphy from Modern Family. Like he's just got a lot of these <laughs> things. He totally does. He totally does. He's just got these things going for him. And he seems like the cool hip mayor, and that's what he tries to bill himself as. And so it, it ends up, it makes it hard for you to believe that this guy is corrupt. Some politicians, like, like Gavin's like that, but he's almost too fake. To make he comes right, off right. as fake and corrupt. Absolutely. Whereas he just seems like, you know, your best friend's dad. Like he just seems like a nice, likable dude. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's hard for people to just wrap their head around yeah. any kind of corruption. Yeah. 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 And I wouldn't be surprised if he's fairly clean on paper, and it's the cronies. That oh yeah, are you, you, doing the dirty. You got to give it to the lieutenants. I mean, oh, this totally. is a mob. You got to run the mob, baby. <laughs> oh no, I, like like an Obama strategy. Oh totally, right? You um, make the people under you do it. Jarrett had they, they had a communication. They understood each other, and then Jarrett went off. Valerie Jarrett went off and did all the stuff. Can we call him Godfather Garcetti going forward? Uh, like a mob Godfather. Mm-hmm. Sure. You like it? Do you think he's, he's pulling the, the strings like that? Oh, yes. Really? Absolutely. I think you brought up an interesting point, though, of just how, well, you brought up the point of just giving these politicians so much power. Right. But then you look at this is just local government, technically. <laughs> We're talking the city We're of LA. City of LA. <laughs> it's a pretty big city. It's a big city, though, yeah. right? But, but, but it's still, it's, only, it's not the LA basin. No. It's, it's LA. Right. And you find how liberal they are. Oh, yeah. And then how liberal San Francisco is, and you're talking about probably the two biggest metro influential areas in the state, and then you tie that to Sacramento, and you're like, it's actually a pretty gnarly trifecta of liberal of lib- power hungry agenda, you yeah. know, and how much of the everything they just have influence over. That reminds me of it. There was a tweet. I, I probably can't find it fast enough, but... I think it was AOC who was listing all these cities of like where homelessness and housing is a disaster. And this is why we need to do, you know, something nationally about this, these crises. And someone responded like, you basically just listed all of the liberal strongholds that are run by. They all are. I mean, we talk about that with like gun free safe zones too. Right. Chicago is like this shining example. Nobody ever wants to like, Oh yeah. They don't want to touch that. They don't want to touch it, but the crime and the murder rate in Chicago is out of hand. And it's the, so it's been a lib control oh. area for ever. And you see what the result of these liberal housing and, and firearm policies have gotten you. Everything's fine because they changed the, uh, the way people die instead of gun violence, they changed it to uh, starvation or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they just got rid of that line item on yeah, the UCR. Just went, we're just going to cross this thing out. Everybody's fine. Nobody Everybody's can fine. die from firearms anymore. It's just trauma. Yes. Uh, 
random trauma. Yeah. There's no violence over there. It's all fake news. I'm curious to see what else comes out of this. Um, but, it, well, we're only fine. Part of me feels like we're only finding out about this, A, because of the raids, but also the LA Times and those organizations are in this city. Yeah. Back to what we were talking about earlier with this story. You have to imagine this is on some degree everywhere. This, this is how it works, but everywhere. It's just private businesses, because of reporting requirements that the government has levied on them, etc., have a greater chance of being outed when they do illegal activity versus well, these people. Well, and I think an uh, interesting point to consider, too, is that we... we talked about this is the city of LA. It's massive, you yeah. know, 4 million people, whatever. There's a lot of lieutenants. There's a lot of staffers. Yeah. Most of your cities are smaller. Right. And it's just a council member and a developer. Which is super shady. He or she doesn't have a staff. Right. They're right. just Joe Schmo from the community elected. And then they suddenly come into power. Right. And then they, it's easy to influence them. And there's less people who know about it. Right, this kind of stuff gets out because you just have so many people involved. You got all these staffers, and you got all these council members, and I, I think uh, LA's got twelve count. I forget how many districts there are. There's, uh, it's a huge city council. It's a huge city. It's fifteen people, if I remember correctly. Yeah, plus CEO and all this stuff, and okay. so it's it's kind of hard to keep these things quiet for that long. But these smaller cities, yeah, your forty, sixty, seventy thousand people, yeah, it's just kind of one on one. I had a, a really good friend who was on the city council for a while in a Cal, we'll just say a California town, like like a size and something you just mentioned. And not knowing any of this, one time I asked him, "Hey, can you, I'm just curious? Can you summarize your city council experience?" Uh, for, <laughs> and he said, in one word, corrupt. Oh, totally. Yeah. And he said, that, and, and everything you just described in summary, he said, is exactly what goes on how does power not go to your head correct yeah. that and that's the whole point here right is to believe that that there are all of a sudden magic angels that are running for these positions and filling these positions who would never consider doing something you're just um, so unbelievably naive and willfully stupid and there's not that many people that are truthfully altruistic and just want to give back to their community no no. They're all usually want some form of power. Absolutely. And so they look to get elected at local government. It, the, but that's probably the point that amazes me the most of the average voter is how they can't wrap their head around that. Because I'll give it to them that you're right. When you talk about certain businesses being corrupt and evil and, and greedy, true. And then somehow they believe all of that changes when you just put a government title next to someone's name that all of a sudden they just, wow, they went through like a, a, a heart transplant and I just, I just want to help everybody and never help myself. Right. Cause this, most of these community, uh, I've always thought it's the whole council manager form of government is such a dichotomy to me because you've got professional city staffers who are being ruled by lay council members oh, yeah, who have right. zero experience oftentimes in government or the process <laughs> or how any of it works. Right. And granted, these are career bureaucrats usually at city hall, but they understand how the flow of things work. And then you have council members who don't know anything. It's just like Joe Schmo dentist. 
And he's like, oh, I don't think we should do your recommendation. <laughs> Joe staff re- you know, staff recommendation is like, well, we need to do X, Y, and Z. And here's the act. And the city attorney's like, and blah, blah, blah. And then the dentist is like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And you're like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. But again, it goes back to we're asking too much of these people as though they're like the CEO of a major company. It, it's different and, and for they LA. Got zero experience it's, to get there. It's different for Los Angeles, but not so much for right. a smaller town. Where we go, like, what you should be doing is building the roads and the bridges, and that's fairly simple, and you can easily take the recommendations of a contractor and bid stuff out. That's pretty easy. And then whatever other minor functions that we, as a yeah, small government-type people, understand, and if we limit it to that... That's the thing, right? It's a chicken-egg deal. Is yeah. is too much on their plate, or that they don't understand or should that much stuff be coming towards the plate anyway? all of the above. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And people don't want to look dumb on the dais on public <laughs> right. access television. <laughs> right. Right. Of saying, I don't get how that works because I, look, I, I don't understand all of how government works and I have a master's degree in public administration. Boom. Right. Joe Schmo dentist is now on the dais. He smoked. He, has, thing, no, he has no clue. Last thing he did was ASB in, in high school. <laughs> And he's supposed to know how all this works overnight and then give give actual precedent-making decisions right. on the city's angle on something. L.A., different. They're like <laughs> career politicians at that. That's a larger council level. But call me, call me crazy, but I like that, though. I like that the guy doesn't know what's going on. I think it's frustrating as hell. But, but there's an but, – and, and part of why, again, part of why I like it is because it shows he's not career – and I'm just seeing that has what that has led to, obviously in larger cities. You like your Joe the Plumber candidate because because shouldn't stuff for the most part be? Yeah, I feel in some ways some stuff has just gotten um, too much stuff is back on their plate to try and decide and and govern. I.e., government's role is being is too much. So, which is the one that should happen? Should they get smarter or? Wait a sec. Should maybe they not be required to do as much because government shouldn't be required to do as much? You know I, what I mean? I think I see it from the angle too of like in my web design digital marketing business, oftentimes get clients who have zero marketing experience. Okay. Mind you, they've retained us for our expertise. And we, we could be doing everything right, getting them leads and making yeah. the money. And then out of nowhere they'll say, Oh, you know, Joe Schmo in the office had this idea and I'd like to like, let's do this. And you're like that's a well, dumb idea. Right. Like, that's and it comes from zero. Field. Yeah. It comes from any kind of source of knowledge. Yeah. Joe then, had three beers last night and was right. just like spouting off. He or his friend should. told yeah, him, right. you know, and, and you're having to do battle against somebody who doesn't have the knowledge set in your, right. in your mind. And I get it. I, I think, a, and I think even for you in the financial sector, right. a big part is trying to educate the client. Correct. Correct. And lead them to right. water. Right. But then at the end of the day, you're like, damn, just trust me. I know, I'm I know. the expert. I've seen this play out before. <laughs> right. And you're wrong, and it's a bad idea. And I always get that when you know certain experts that are right. staffers are making a presentation, and you've got some dumb council member who just got elected because he had a stupid district. I get it. And he's I, like, "Nope, that sounds dumb." And you're like, Boy. I, "I get it. That's fair. <laughs> that 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 is fair." But yeah, I, there's probably some. I get you, I get your unicorn vision of. No, I understand. Like the, uh, um, and, and the and, naive person might be good in some regards. But. And like we've said before, and which I totally am behind, 
the more stuff that's happening locally, well, that's already a win right. relative to Sacramento. But. Yeah. Now, while you guys were talking, I was reading more about Huizar. Oh, this and, guy. Yeah. There. Jose Huizar. Huizar. You know, he got $50,000 from developers. Boom. Right that's into it? His campaign, into his campaign. Oh, okay. What, where you're uh, <laughs> this guy he's going down for 50 this grand? guy needs to reprice his uh, <laughs> yeah. services is that well, the going rate of the, that's the going rate well in LA? it was right before a crucial vote Uh-oh. for that developer Uh-oh. who gave him the money Uh-oh. this investigative first yeah you heard so, it here from so Bobby. it was it was right at the pivotal moment did the check clear it sure did bingo you're approved sir it's kind of a red flag given the fact Coin. that you're limited to $800 and you can't receive it from foreign entities. Not Chinese investors? I'm afraid not. There used to be a radio program that... Um, Conspiracy! Would, it, would, it would play a little clip. That's just another isolated incident. <laughs> it's just, that's just exactly. a pure coincidence. There's no collusion. None whatsoever. All right. Totally isolated. Let's change gears a little bit. But back, back to more local government officials doing stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do they ever do great stuff? Textbooks with LGBT history makers coming to Elk Grove classrooms after tense debate. This comes from the SAC B. I believe Elk Grove's up there off the five up towards Sacramento. I think that's right. Sacramento. that's right. After a contentious debate Tuesday night, this is uh this was last week, capping a year of controversy, the Elk Grove Unified School Board voted to adopt new textbooks that include LGBT leaders. More than one hundred and fifty parents, teachers, and community members filled the board meeting to support or oppose the new K-8 social science curriculum, which brings the district in line with recent state standards. After the unanimous vote approving the McGraw-Hill books, God, those guys, swindlers. Yes, they are. (laughs) Bad college memories. Oh, no joke. Some audience members applauded and some jeered. Um, So this was pretty controversial. There was parents that don't want to be involved in this. They're not given a way to opt out of it. They're not consi- they were trying to liken this to sex ed curriculum where right. parents get to right. opt out or right. get early warning of the curriculum coming up, you know, in the next yeah. days. And they're saying this is cuz it's just a textbook. Um they don't get any of that. Deal with it basically. Right. Uh so more than 100 teachers volunteered to pilot the new books last year receiving training and providing their observations to the district. The overwhelming majority of teachers favored McGraw-Hill, saying the books provided balanced sources, electronic and supplemental resources, and student engagement. Um, yeah. So yeah. apparently I, there's a lot of parents that are upset about this. All right. Um, I'm going to spin my laptop around here so you guys can see the picture I'm looking at. Let's do okay. it. And, and then I'm going to get your first reaction. <laughs> Guess who is... In this textbook, as a leader, comes. No way. Is that Gavin Newsom? Gavin Newsom. Champion for people's rights. Holy crap. I didn't know that. I'm glad you pulled up the textbook. That's pretty funny. I have a picture of the actual textbook that Elk Grove is looking at and contesting. And Louis, since you're looking at it with great, <laughs> oh, your so, your face is priceless right now. So this is a page out of a textbook. The title is under citizenship. That seems to be the section of the book. Mm-hmm. Gavin Newsom, champion for people's rights. There's a big uh, paragraph about it. There's a classroom activity as part of it, and then uh, there's a quote well, that says, "He said people can marry who they choose." 
Talk about it. Turn and talk to a partner. Tell how you respect the rights of others. Wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. Answers will vary. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Back up for a second. This is all under, what's the main heading on the page? Citizenship. <laughs> Isn't this the guy who... Now, wonder they're pissed off. I get it now. You got it, baby. Now, now he's also in here with the people like Martin Luther King. <laughs> he's, he's working on Like that. Lincoln. <laughs> he's equivalent to those guys. Our overlord has spoken. He needs to be our dear leader in the textbooks. This so, is really sad. Wow. So uh, some supporters of the new textbook said the curriculum will help the district address the persistent bullying that many marginalized students face. So apparently Gavin Newsom's chapter will help with that. Uh, in, el- in elementary school, this is a quote, we learned that Thomas Jefferson was a primary author of the Constitution, uh, said Shawnee Phillips Keller, who has three children in the district. In high school, we learn that he fathered about half a dozen children with one of his slaves. Parent Graham Stewart and his son identifies as transgender. Well, that's super. I am disappointed, quote, to hear what members of my community think of my kid, Stewart said. They think he is too disgraceful to be mentioned to a child in elementary school. So this guy has a K-8 child who's transgender. How is that even possible? I don't know. Um, so I'm now this, this I'm still kinda, looking at this textbook. <laughs> I know this. This kind of changes the game, though, because I was kind of on this one path with the textbook. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, lay that out, though. I'm curious. Yeah. Which okay, I I think a lot of textbooks are propaganda for sure that are designed to make money. Look, they're stating it's it's a book, right? And any book, depending on how the author wants to go about it, can can tweak, use verbiage, etc. So almost by the very nature of them, they are propaganda of some kind for something. The minute you put Gavin Newsom in there, and mind you, when this book came out, he was still the lieutenant governor, right? He wasn't he wasn't even governor yet. Just yeah, they're 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 quoting him here as being the the mayor of San Francisco. Oh, so it was way back. <laughs> well, I mean, to, no, 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 I mean that is the important thing that he did to be deserving of this mentioning in the textbook. Okay, <laughs> so as soon as that ends up in there, uh, you're done. Yeah, it, I don't need to make as big of a technical case as I was going to make. I can make a really simple one and say this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're assigning him the quality in the book of. Respect for the rights of others. How's San Francisco doing? <laughs> how about how he's ruining You've got the, the right to population. poop on the sidewalk. <laughs> Here's the actual part in the textbook. And it's remember, it's written for like first grader. So it goes, uh, Gavin Newsom was mayor of San Francisco. Gavin said that people could marry who they choose. Sometimes Gavin helped marry people. Some marriages were not between a man and a woman. He made sure that people's rights were respected. Oh, how fluffy. I just don't get how this helps the bullying problem. I feel like they're really trying to make a stretch on that. Uh, it, totally. It, like, did learning about segregation things in a history book, because it's, it, usually that stuff's mentioned fairly briefly. I get that. It probably could use a little bit more of an emphasis, but did that help people not be more racist? Like did, was it the history book 
that helped you not be racist. Right. Uh, but basically, like if you need the book to do it, you've probably done a crappy job parenting. Yeah. And it's like they talk about, um, you know, this issue uh, you, you hear comes up in um, sexual harassment, sexual assault, like in college, like the um, orientation week where they set you down and described you like right. what you shouldn't do and what is like, dude, no one, th- I'll bet a lot of dough that no one sat there going into the orientation. <laughs> the light going, bulb didn't go off yeah. at that moment. <laughs> right. Like, oh, 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 I shouldn't do that. Oh, I can't take advantage and rape women. Oh, I'm out. Okay. Okay, done. cool. Thanks for feeling me. <laughs> I was going to do that. I was that. about to mess yeah. up. <laughs> that doesn't happen. And this bullying stuff, you know, t- to me, the bullying that whole deal, obviously nobody should be bullied. I don't care oh, right. what you believe in, who you are, what your gender is. Uh, that stuff, I, I I believe, comes from learned behavior. It's, it's Exam- it, uh, it, Examples, watching. Yeah, it's either, it's it's social media run amok. It's parents that aren't aren't locking down their internet. Uh, right. You know, there's, it's how you're raised. It's how you were brought up. It, it's it's all but, those elements that are. It's it's the parents not home. It's you being just raised by your friends. But isn't that the ugliness here? And what is becoming um, fact and being realized is so many parents have abdicated that role to government institutions and institutions. Oh yeah, they've just given it up. Correct. And so it's your job to raise my kids. I'm not. That, that, that's right. So I'm not. Ju- I'm not defending what California is doing here. But in some ways it's like, they know that they're being looked at as the de facto parent now. And they're, albeit they're going to be a bad one, but they're doing these parental role sorts of things that inside the household and a family should be done. But it's, it's the big CA now. So this all comes from the fair education act of 2011. I like it already. It used to be Senate Bill 48, in case we're all looking for it. Uh, Let's see. uh, Senator Mark Leno was the uh, author of this sucker. Jay's brother? Oh, yeah. (laughs) That guy. I have no clue. But essentially, it's it's specifically tailored to include the LGBT aspects of everything education into our textbooks. So when it comes down to it, these school districts, they're being compliant of this act. So when when you go over and you want to protest what stupid things they're putting into this stuff, it's because of this act. They're being compliant of the act. They 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 don't they they don't want to fall over because then they're going to lose the money, just like Trump wants to take the money away. Right, because if their textbook's not compliant, nobody's going to buy their textbook. Exactly. It's a product of the state. I get that. Totally. So it's, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of a, of a lawsuit right now, kind of helping l- lend a little support against this Fair Education Act and the people who administer the books because really they're the ones who are making the curriculum and then shoving it into the book textbooks themselves. Right. So McGraw, you're teasing McGraw-Hill or, or whoever makes textbooks. But really, they just kind of go, okay, give us what you have and we'll shove it on in there for you. And you can find it by going to fareducationact.com 
and you will find all the curriculum that they have in there and why it's so dumb and it it look the, it's a product just, of just playing with it yeah <clears throat> we took a real sensitive subject and we're ramming it down people's throats and expecting them to be to be cool with it and they're not they're not at all it's just craziness right so um i'm curious because Gavin's in there. I wonder if there's any conservative oh, folks that got a spotlight. Don't start holding your breath. Now I want to go through the whole textbook. I feel like I didn't do adequate research. I mean, we're going to have to. I mean, it should be fairly easy reading, <laughs> right? Yeah. Which one costs on Amazon? I like that he's part of a group activity, though. It's not just like a paragraph about this guy. <laughs> it's like an entire... Right. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Here's a Gavin statement. Right. Ask your class to give a thumbs up or a thumbs right. down. Right, exactly. Uh, no. Gavin's a great guy. All right. The special things for us. I'm done with this story. Yeah, and Gavin. I mean, we'll never really be done with it. I think we got some tweets. I think that's true. Um, I got a gem from good old Maxine. Oh, Maxine. Maxine oh, wow. She's been kind of silent lately. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard I, for I, her to figure out how to open Twitter. <laughs> when are the people of this country going to wake up to the fact that this president is a disgusting liar? Documented, documented to have lied over 8,000 times in two years. Add to this his recent blatant lies in our nation's intel chief's testimony in the U.S. Senate. Past time for impeachment. Thanks, Maxine. Super. Kamala Harris. It's reasonable to suggest that before someone can buy a gun, we determine whether they've been convicted of a violent felony or whether a court has found them to be a danger to themselves or other. We need universal background checks. Uh, huh? yeah. mm. Welcome to the party, yo. <laughs> Adam Schiff. I can understand why the idea of meaningful oversight terrifies the president. Several of his close associates are going to jail. Others await trial, and criminal investigations continue. We're going to do our job and won't be distracted or intimidating by threats or attacks. What job are they doing? <laughs> guy. These guys have been Adam lynched Sh- for things completely unrelated to any investigation. Come Elizabeth on, Warren. Okay, go ahead. Elizabeth Warren, ahead of the uh, SOTU speech, let's list some things we could work together on instead of building a wall. Here's a start. Build an economy and democracy that works for everyone. Ensure access to affordable quality health care and education. And my favorite, end corruption in Washington. Uh, How about L.A.? Uh, so you're out of there then? Start small. Is that, is that <laughs> part of the deal? Kamala Harris again. We're one of the wealthiest countries on the planet. It's shameful that we can't guarantee access to clean water for everyone. Four years since the Nationals' attention turned to Flint, the community and others from Appalachia to the Pacific Coast still face a water crisis. How about we fix the problems here in California? Kamala Harris over in the San Joaquin Valley. That's not going to help me get elected president. Nope. Eric Garcetti, we just talked about him. Donald Trump has been the greatest threat to our border security that I've seen in my lifetime. Hashtag hardball. Wow. <laughs> the hashtag alone makes that tweet. The guy who fantastic. wants to put a wall up is the greatest threat to national security, border security? Holy crap. I've got another Adam Schiff one. The threat of climate change is urgent and existential, but it's not too late to save our planet. I do that love the fact that. As, I, sorry, because <laughs> I love the fact that these people. It's never going to be too late because if it were too late, then they no longer have a say or control or power in the situation. Like if it was at the point where climate change was a problem or we'd pass the, the precipice, 
Well, they can't help us, so that is a one. Dude, so many good quotes. So many good ones. They're great ones. Another episode down, episode 3-6. Oh my goodness, that is a lot of episodes. Yes, sir, we're trucking, trucking right through, approaching the midpoint of the first quarter here. And we're, we're trucking along, hoping more people tell more people about our podcast, and we're growing. People telling people. We got some downloads, which is scary. People, it is scary. People are listening. Tell your friends, download us on Apple iTunes and Google Play Store. I mean, this is the extent of our advertisement right here. Yeah. And we've been growing. We're the biggest conservative podcast in California. Only. Only. (laughs) I was going with biggest, but... The biggest, baddest. Deflate my balloon, why don't you? Exactly. Bobby, what should they do? Burn it all down!